Art Browse is close to joining the Grambling staff. North Carolina A&T's basketball team is back on track, and Fisk starts the first ever HBCU gymnastics program. Oh, yeah, it's Locked On HBCU. Play my music. You are Locked On HBCU, your daily podcast covering HBCU sports. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's going on, family? Welcome back to another episode of the Locked On HBCU Podcast, your number one daily one-stop shop for everything HBCU Athletics, Monday through Friday, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And today's episode is brought to you by Rock Auto. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, and all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com and tell, Lock, and tell them Locked On sent you. And of course, I am Darian Gray, a.k.a. the Mouth of the South. Texas Southern alum and former TSU Herald Sports editor. Thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day. And we're going to be discussing Grambling's new addition or potential addition because they say it's really close and expected to happen. But let's not jinx it. Grambling's new potential addition to the coaching staff on the football side of things. And listen, it's Art Browse. And Hugh is a guy, Hugh Jackson is a guy who... I think people really gravitate towards. They really want to rally behind and really believe what he says. I feel like when I hear him speak, the the reception is typically pretty positive from most people. Um, this is a move that is kind of controversial if it goes down. And the reason I say that is because on one hand, you have the in between the lines and we're going to get to that. We're going to get to that. But then you have, <clears throat> excuse me, but then you have what happened outside of football. And I'm not going to get into specifics here, but Art Browse is connected to a cover-up at Baylor that made him have to leave Baylor. And, and he really hasn't recovered. People haven't brought him back on. He's coached high school. Um, he's coached in Italy. I didn't even like, I even know in Italy they play football like that. I like when they think when I think of football in Italy, I think they're talking about soccer, not American football, right? So that tells you he wants to coach. If you coach in Italy, like you coach internationally football. Yeah, you want you want to coach. But the thing is, and I think this is something that's probably on his mind. And when I think about it, when I say I don't remember the last prominent or not even prominent, I don't want to discuss him as or describe him as prominent. Um, let's call him major. The last time I seen a major white figure come to the HBC ranks, I can't remember like a guy who had success on a FBS or a professional level, and then comes down, then he's going as an offensive coordinator. So I think for him, this is a chance for him to rebuild his trust level amongst people around. And at the end of the day, he's not in a top dog leadership perspective, right? That's huge. So all of the cover-ups that Art was a part of, it'll be up to Hugh to decide whether or not he will, you know, actually be actually cover some stuff up himself it won't go through art art won't have the last decision in that but as far as that you're going to get some backlash when things like this you're going to get some backlash but between the lines on that field i think you know what you're getting and you're getting a guy that's a really good offensive mind and if i'm kajaya Holloway, i'm sitting there and i'm thinking yes i like this guy because look grambling had a poor offense they had a poor offense. They had, and that has nothing to do with Halloween. He's a transfer. And listen, let me not even say Halloween. Whoever the 
quarterback is. I think it's going to be Holloway, and I think it's his his job to lose. But whoever that is, whoever that quarterback is, I'm sitting there thinking, I seen what what Browse or yeah, what Browse did with RG3 and just offenses in general from his time at Baylor to his time at Houston. I know what he can do as an offensive mind. Let me be a part of that. Take from from now on, we're taking out all of the off-field stuff. That that's not a part of this discussion. I'm not gonna say it doesn't play a part in anything, but this discussion that we're about to have is simply about what he could be likely as the offensive coordinator because Grambling's offensive coordinator that they hired, that Hugh hired to replace the last offensive coordinator. He um he he got hired on to be a part of the Texans, the Houston Texans staff. So overall, whether it was that guy or it was gonna be Art Browse, it's gonna be somebody else. The main mission is to jumpstart this offense because this offense is was anemic last year it's the reason that i was so surprised when they succeeded and had such great success in in the bayou classic because they were the worst offense in swag points wise and yards wise they went through a revolving door of quarterbacks and it just was no stability within the offense and now hughes came and he's hired an offensive coordinator now he got another offensive coordinator that's going to be taken so or he had offensive coordinators gonna be taken now he has to hire another one so it's, it's just a situation where you're trying to get some stability on the offensive side of the ball. You're just trying to get some. And, you know, Hugh has experience working with quarterbacks, which I'm sure brought in Holloway. But I think about how this move for Browse or this potential hire of Browse could affect recruiting going forward. Because collegiate ball is like different from pro ball because it's a lot of I feel like it's a lot more future driven, you know, like I feel like everybody's looking towards the future because you have recruiting classes. And it's weird because you only have like four years with these players, sometimes five, six, but they can only play for four. If you're a graduate transfer or, you know, fifth year senior, it's probably because you registered it, not because you just could play all five years. So when I look at it and I say, you have these recruiting classes coming in, that's a big part of college football. That's why you look so much towards the future. And you say, man, this can really grab people going forward. And I'm looking, I'm saying Art Browse, Halloween, who's going to be there for, at least two more years. I could see myself coming. Imagine this happened before National Signing Day this year. I think this move could have been really big because I look at it and I say, a lot of people are going to say, I would be a part of this Bryles um, connection. I would. If you, if, you can, if you can look at what happened off the field and just feel like I'm going to compartmentalize what he did, and that's hard. That's really hard. Like, I don't, I don't know. I don't there's going to be some people who can't do it and I wouldn't be able to blame them at all. But if you're able to do that and you look at what he, what, what was going on and say, you know what, we're just going to focus on what's between the lines. I can see a lot of people coming on there. What he did was inexcusable. What he did, what he does on the field is pretty good. And a lot of times talent will outweigh your consequences. And this may be another situation of it. Um, so I'm not going to sit there and say, Yay, I'm glad Art Browse got a job. Not at all. But what I will say is that if he does get this job for Grambling, I think Grambling will be better for it. And going forward, we're going to be discussing North Carolina A&T's basketball program winning two in a row and possibly getting back on track in their first season in the Big South. But before that, I want to tell you about Bet Online because Bet Online, it has you covered. Look, football season is over. And if you want to hear about a victory lap, go check out Locked On Rams, okay? Because they won the Super Bowl and that's it. But that doesn't mean that you should stop going to betonline.net because they have basketball, 
They have everything that you need. Boxy, boxing, um, hockey, UFC, favorite Vegas casino games, whatever you decide to dabble in, they have it. That's why I consider them the best in the business. We don't promote scrubs on Locked On HBCU. And BetOnline.net is far from that. They are the number one spot to go for all of your wagering. It does not matter whatever you want to, whatever you want to bet on, whatever you want to play, they have it. So BetOnline is the fastest and easiest way to wage on all of your favorite sports. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, as we keep on rolling on today's episode of Locked On HBCU, our word of the day today is Billy Do, which essentially is a love letter. And thank you for making Locked On HBCU your first listen of the day every day. North Carolina A&T's basketball program is back on track with two victories in a row in the Big Swat in the Big South Conference, right? So when I look at it, this is their first year, and this is how I feel. I think I might have said it before, but I'll say it again. When you're coming into a new place, that first year to meet is extremely important because this is your first impression. Imagine it like that. Your first impression. We all know how, how big of a deal a first impression is. Some people say it takes like 30 new encounters to cancel out a first impression or something like that. I don't know. It's, it's somewhere along those lines. And first impressions are important. And this is the first impression of North Carolina A&T. And it's going to be unfair because you see what they're doing as at, at the track and field. Because they're number one again, by the way. They were number one. We discussed that. They dropped the two. They're back at number one. Um, but people aren't going to – people are going to care. People are going to care. But this is America where football and basketball are the ones you think about. You tap, you ask people about professional sports, first thing they're going to say, most people, if you just poll them, first ones they're going to say is NFL and, and NBA. You're going to have some that say MLB. You're going to have some that say uh, whatever the American Soccer Association is. I can't think of that right now. Um, but – for the most part, it's going to be basketball and football. And that's how it is when you break it down away from the professional sports. It's basketball and football. A lot of times, that's what they're going to judge your school on. Not all of those other sports. Like, there's schools that are really good. Vanderbilt. Vanderbilt, if I'm not mistaken, is really good at baseball. People never look at Vanderbilt as a good school for athletics. They don't. And they're really good. At, if I'm not, I think they're really good at baseball. I could be wrong. But there's schools like that. And I think that's how North Carolina a might be looked at if they're just good in track. So that first year to me is really important. It's completely unfair. It's completely unfair. But there's going to be people. There's going to be people who are just looking at that sport and that sport. I'm more so this sport and this sport right here. Anything outside of it, not worried about. Blinders, right? It, I, all I see is football and basketball because those are the things that are thrown in my face a lot. And as unfair as it is, we know it's we know that happens. We know that happens. And I look at it and I say. Well, let's look at basketball because football, I think they were kind of middle. Yeah, all right. But let's look at basketball because they are on a greater microscope. You dominate the MEAC. You did these things. What are you going to do here? Just as far as North Carolina and team, period, especially football. But let's just look at it all. You're on a larger microscope because they want to see how you do on higher competition. Right. Um, so I look at it. They started off three and oh in Big South play, had two back to back. Uh, home victories extending their home conference win win streak and i was like okay we, we rolling all right we going yeah this ain't no situation where oh you dominated those hbcus but now you're over here playing us big south boys and now we're gonna show you how we really play ball no and then after that you lose six out of seven it's like ah oh. i'm like man it, that, that was tough right but 
And then as time goes on, you weather the storm because it's all about weathering the storm. You could have just fell down. But now they have back-to-back -back victories. And the most important, most impressive one, impressive one was against Longwood because Longwood came into that game undefeated. They hadn't lost at all in, in conference play. And then they handed them their first defeat. And I look at it because not only were they top dog, they hadn't lost to anybody. And they had already beat North Carolina A&T earlier in the year. And that game was really close. That game was um, de decided by less than 10 points. And then also, and then also, North Carolina A&T's game versus Longwood the second time. Really close game. And you look at them, it's just a flip of the script. This edition was just different. Instead of Longwood pulling out the close victory, it was North Carolina A&T. And honestly, all of those games were pretty close with North Carolina A&T. They had a losing streak and lost a bunch of games in that situation, but they rarely were getting blown out. So it's not like they were just being outclassed and it was like, oh, these guys are scrubs. They just weren't getting it done, and now they're back on track. Um, they won 1-1 won, won versus Charleston Southern, but right now we're focusing on the Longwood victory because I do feel like it was the most important one and the one I want to place the most shine upon. And when I think about it, I feel like everybody did their part. But Cameron Langley is somebody who you just feel, I just feel like has to get a lot of praise here. He was the big South player of the week based off of these two games versus Charleston Southern and Longwood. And it's because look at the Longwood game. Let's look at it. He's not a three points marksman by, by, by any major or any measure, right? But when the game came down to it and they needed a three, he made his only one of the game. One for three, not a bad percentage. He just he doesn't shoot a lot. So he doesn't shoot a lot of them. And if you go to North Carolina A&T's website when they're talking about his his um big South player of the week, they, they don't even they they give his defining characteristics, and it's not even about scoring. Like that's not what he does. But we're gonna get into that in a second. But he has 17 points against Longwood in a major game against the best team in the conference. That's his season high. He's had he's had more points in that game than any other game and then he also added in five assists and five rebounds so yeah he scored he had 17 this game 13 versus charleston southern but when you look at the rest of the stat line i think that really just highlights what he does well and he had five assists in that game five rebounds versus longwood he's first in the league in assist so he's a phenomenal facilitator and they highlighted that you know they talked about his court vision saying that's what one of the things that he does really well you see it, five assists in the game. And then against Charleston Southern, he dropped 13 points. But here's the thing that I thought was most impressive, five steals on the day. And that's the 10th time in his career that he's done it. Man, you better start checking your pockets, check check all of your belongings, because if you're playing Cameron Langley, there's a, there's a good possibility you might lose everything that you have, you know, because he is a, he is a pickpocket, and he's shown this. He's high in the, in the league in steals as well. But it's like, man, five steals in a game? That's impressive. To do it 10 times, that shows that pickpocketing is something that you just have a knack for, and it's highlighted on ball defense. You see, North Carolina A&T, they broke down this guy's game within this article, and it was a really good article. You should check it out. Um, I think it's ncataggies.com. I believe that's their, their school athletic website. Everybody should go check that out. I thought it was a really cool article just de detailing what he did in the games that led to him being the Big South player of the week, and then also just what he is as a player outside of this two-game stretch. But what he was able to do in this game, in my opinion, was remarkable. And I felt he was well-deserving of that. I know he didn't put up these monster scoring numbers. But if you get five steals in a game, then you pair it with five assists and five rebounds in another game. And you, you know, lead to a big-time victory with a big-time bucket. Because that three-pointer he made at the end of the game stretched the lead to six points. 
with less than 90 seconds left. Moments. Good stats, because it's still good stats. It's, the only way to get good stats isn't just putting up numbers or putting up um, points. So he still had good stats, and he had moments, and they led to victories. That's a big South player of the week, and he was a big part of North Carolina a getting back on track with their two victories in a row. In the wrap-up the episode, we're going to be discussing this starting the first ever HBCU gymnastics program. But first, I'm going to tell you about Rock Auto because have you ever gone to the auto parts store and you just sit there and they say, yeah, this will be this. And or you have to wait in a long line. He's just like, man, just give me my alternator. Like, why are this? Been, how many how many people are going to have broke down cars today? I thought it was just me. Take that out. No lines. It's one. You ever sit there and they, they tell you how much it is and they have limited options and you just have to go with what they choose. Take that out. Rock Auto can give you any and everything. They have an amazing selection. And then you sit there. Why is it so much? You don't have to worry about that. You save 10, 20, 30 percent at Rock Auto and they're a family owned business, which that that just warms my heart because I'm a family guy. I'm a family guy. Right. So family owned businesses are something that I love to take a part of. No more sitting in line. You can sit there just like I am right now talking to you and you can just have your shirt on, chilling, have your pants on, maybe even have your robe on because ain't nobody going to be looking at you. Right? You're looking at me, but ain't nobody gonna looking at you. Go to rockauto.com and tell them that Locked On sent you in the How Did You Hear About Us section. All right, as we're wrapping up today's episode of Locked On HBCU, I think that somebody should write a Billy Do to Fisk because they started the first ever HBCU gymnastics program. And not only that, let's take it on a, on a larger scale. They started the only gymnastics program in the state of Tennessee. And when I read that second part, I said, mm, nah, I don't know about that one. I don't know about that one. So I had to go look it up, right? I went to usagym.org, and I immediately said, read. Even Alaska has one. Tennessee, none. There is none. Now, Fisk isn't on that list because they haven't officially started it, but they're going to be starting it in the fall. But um, I said, that's a man. I was thinking, I'm like, LSU has one. Um, Auburn has one. And I just would have assumed, I'm like, they're SEC, SEC. And I just would have thought that more SEC schools have one. And as I'm looking through this list, it shows me just how scarce that program, gymnastic programs really are. And that's something that I didn't know. So that was something that I had to get educated on because I wasn't clear. I like I, I was un, I was unaware. I shouldn't say I, was un, I wasn't clear. I was unaware on just how many gymnastic programs didn't exist. And I was like, oh, OK, um, so this was great. Like at HBCU, have the only one in the state. To me, that is phenomenal like i love that but um when i think about it and i look at what this means i think it's going to be great because there are a lot of i'm sure I, I i ain't talked to everybody but i'm sure there's a lot of black girls who want to be a part of gymnastics like you sit there you can't tell me that simone biles like young young black girls are sitting there saying i see simone biles and i'm like man i can do that because I'm sitting there and I'm looking at somebody do it on the highest level, like me, who looks like me, you know, and, and shout out to her. She uh, just got engaged, by the way. You know, we love love. Yesterday was Valentine's Day. So we love love on, on here. Uh, Simone Biles just got engaged. So congratulations to her. But um, sitting there looking, I'm like, I know I can do it because I sit there and I see her doing it. And I know there's a lot of people who are probably outside of that age range of young looking at Biles. And there's some who are 
in their 20s who are like, dang, I wish I, I wish I didn't miss this, this opportunity to come to Fisk and do it on an HBCU level. There's going to be some who are teenagers in high school and it says, I have somewhere I can further my gymnastics career. I think this is great. And they, they formed a team to get this done. One was the Rutgers head coach who just recently started up a um, a a program at Rutgers. And then one was Darren Moore, who was the founder of, who is the founder of Brown Girls Do Gymnastics. And she said that Fisk and, and gymnastics just have a perfect mesh because there are a lot of people who are interested in gymnastics. That doesn't shock me, you know, but there was a, there's a lot of people who are interested in gymnastics and want to come to an HBCU. They just don't have that opportunity. It's about opportunity sometimes. It's not about lack of interest. It's about opportunity sometimes. And that's something that I feel like is typically thought of as an impediment for HBCUs. As far as athletes, it's a lack of opportunity. And I think with things like this, they perceive there's not a lot of interest. And there's not a lot of funding. We know there's a lack of funding. So why put the funding towards something that people aren't interested in? Luckily, Fisk said, nah, forget that. We're going to put our money towards this. And it makes it even more incredible because they don't have football. They don't have women's soccer. And I feel like those are two of the staples as far as men's sports and women's sports that you have football and you have soccer. So for them to say, no, nah, we're not going to do that. We're going to go to something that's so different like gymnastics. I love it. You know, it's great. It's the reason that people start things like brown girls do gymnastics. That was to encourage diversity in the gymnastics world and help people of color um, further their career in gymnastics that's the reason that things like this happen so i was glad i was glad that fisk pulled her in along with the Rutgers head coach and some other people to execute this plan because they formed a plan together they they're executing it and they're not waiting they're presenting that opportunity they're presenting that that chance they're not saying there's a lack of interest they found out they're looking to expand their team to 20 to 30 people by the beginning of fall 22 i'm looking at it like okay it's spring 22 right now you're not wasting any time you're going straight to fall 22 and, and plan on competing in five events. So when I say y'all need to write a Billy Doodoo write a love letter to Fisk, it's because this is an opportunity that I, I hope goes to multiple HBCUs. You know, we're, we're looking at a time where I want to see us diversify so bad. Not And hopefully the money works. I understand the money don't work all the time. But they're even having home game, home events. So there's going to be people coming to them. That's money coming in, not having to travel all the time. You having people come to them. That's the greatest thing. Like, this is so amazing to me that they picked a, a, a unique sport to just invest in. And I hope that it keeps going. I hope that it spread because I would love to see a Texas Southern gymnastics team. Like, I would love to, to see that. That would be a lot of fun to me. And I'm glad that Fisk did it. They made history. This is groundbreaking as the first ever HBCU to start a gymnastics program and the only one in the state of Tennessee. There's clubs, University of Tennessee has clubs, but gymnastic collegiate programs that can compete on a D1, D2, D3 level. That's Fisk and only Fisk now. They ain't wasting no time. They're getting started fall 22. I cannot wait. I know we got some months away, but trust and believe that I will cover at least one of their events going forward and hopefully multiple, as long as I can keep getting the results and everything. Because this is a story that I think that not only I, but I think you need to keep track of as well. And something else you need to do is make sure that you are making Locked on HBCU your first listen of the day every day. On tomorrow's episode, we will be diving into Texas Southern versus Southern, their fight for the number one seed in SWAC men's basketball. And for your second listen of the day, you need to check out Locked on Bets, your boy Q and Lee Sterling, giving you expert analysis and insight to add a little bit more money to your pocket. It's free game for big games. And in the meantime, in between time, 
Y'all know what y'all need to do. Follow me on that bird, that blue app. Yes, Twitter. I put my Twitter right there. If you're on video, check it out. At South Exclusives, come talk to me because I love to talk. That's the reason I do this, right? Do it for you. And y'all know what to do. <laughs> Till the next time we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. And y'all know what to do to the next time that we hear each other, family. Take care. Stay blessed. Peace.